0: Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Uh, thank you for joining us on our various platforms. Remember, on DSTV we're on Channel 802 and you can also stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za Just want to thank our team uh, Dumelo Zulu and Ayandam Kwanazi for holding the fort during the holiday season here in South Africa In the last two days they've been standing in for me. So thank you to them for doing a great job on the program but let's look at what we're looking at today which is our uh, election series in South Africa that we've been starting And doing it for a couple of weeks now. But today we're going to be looking at the deficit in terms of the numbers of uh, young people who will be participating in the upcoming uh, uh, South African elections that are just around the corner in May the 8th. The number of young people who have registered to vote in the May general elections is down substantially from 2014. And uh, this is worrying because this contradicts the growth population in the country. And also it is said by the parliamentary monitoring group, they, they have expressed concern over the number of 18 to 19 year olds on the 2019 voters roll, which was only around 341,000. And in 2014, it was 646 plus thousand, meaning the number of new voters has actually gone down uh, by 47%. Now that's shocking. But what's also interesting is why now do the politicians Want that youth vote because, really, when you look at their manifestos, when you look at their campaigning, when you also look at their governing style, really, there's a deficit in terms of appealing uh, to the young people. We're going to ask the question why today? We joined. uh, in our studi- in our studios on the line by Professor Galebo Hamaponya, who is the chairperson of the Department of Political Sciences at the University of South Africa. We have Grant uh, Masterson, who is a program manager at uh, the Electoral Institute for Sustainable uh, Democracy Africa, and he's uh, the program manager of the African Peer Review Mechanism. And we've got uh, Levin Doe, who's a lecturer at the Twana University of Technology in the Political Sciences Well, let me start with you, Professor Mapunya. I think it's very interesting to see now this result, and it just shows how the politics of South Africa work in terms of... uh, why now we're all of a sudden speaking around youth participation in the democracy of our country there's almost like this mantra in the country everyone insists that young people should participate in their own democracy but I kind of quiz that because while you have four years of governance and you have uh, uh, a very robust uh, country whereby democratic institutions are everywhere there's lack of uh, a call for young people in those institutions to participate it seems like we use young people only when it comes to the times of elections
1: when we look at the situation of uh, you know youth or what we normally call the youth vote in South Africa clearly there are uh, so many dynamics that are at play Um, it is what you have just alluded to the role of parties what are parties doing to attract you know young voters to the uh, polling stations or there voting stations. So so the whole, there's a whole debate and a whole discussion to be had out there in terms of what political parties are doing. And by the way, when we say, you know, the youth um, uh, should be participating in politics, what kind of politics are we talking about? Are we talking civic sure. education, civic yeah. politics? Are we talking party politics? Are we talking, you know, polit- uh, politics as in, you know, um, the uh, active citizenship whereby I know who my councillor is, I can engage him or her, no, so. I know who my member of parliament is. So there are all those things. But of course, uh, in terms of the decline in the numbers, especially around the 18 to 19, you know, uh, age group or the cohort, um, there are also um, um, a number of dynamics. One of them is obviously that this is the age group at which uh, um, one would, we would call, uh, you know, the entry point, especially in the South African electoral system, whereby you, you can only, you know, uh, uh, start voting when you are 18, uh, register only uh, at, at, at 17. So um, when you are 16, 17, you are, you, you are able to uh, just uh, understand that, mm. you know, once you turn 18, you'll be allowed to go into that polling uh, booth or voting station and voting. Mm. So because of the problems of... Uh, uh, the uh, uncertainty surrounding mm. youth, the unemployment, you know, issues, unemployed graduates, mm. and all those mm. things. People who have just finished matric who are not even sure about you know, what this vote means. Mm. Uh, they, they have a different thinking. Uh, some of them are the so-called uh, you know, um, uh, 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 um, free uh, freedom generation. Uh, you know, uh, who 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 believe that even though they might be born in freedom. But actually, they are not economically free. So, what is this thing about voting that uh, their parents or their uh, you know, their predecessors are, are so excited about? Okay, so there are all sure. these dynamics. In short, that we can talk about around why we have uh, you know this deadline that you have just talked about, Prof. I think
0: you should be a, a, a radio uh, presenter because you kind of outlined all the things that uh, we are supposed to talk about today. But we'll break those down in terms of just the various. Dynamics here, yeah. and um, let me bring in Grant Masterson from the Electoral Institute for Sustainable Democracy Africa. Grant, thank you also for giving us your time.
2: Yes, hi, Benjamin. I nice speak to you and the, and the other
3: panelists.
0: Now, Prof, Prof highlighted a very interesting point of view in terms of uh, the issue of when he started out. What kind of uh, political process do we want young people to be engaged in and do we do enough to actually allow them to be part of that particular process do you think this is a factor why we've had this drop, I mean 47% of a drop in terms of new registrations, Uh, that's worrying
2: Look it is worrying, anytime that you have any cohort uh, of the populace that is entitled to vote actively abstaining from uh, expressing their opinion Uh, you end up with other particular problems along the way. Um, For for young people, it's quite a common problem. This is not a a problem that is unique to South Africa. It's not even a problem that's unique to Southern Africa or Africa in general. Uh, Across the world, young people exhibit lower levels of interest in and participation in what we call formal processes of democracy, uh, and they prefer to opt for... um, what what some people refer to more as sort of more direct democracy, uh, which is you know expressions which they believe will lead to more tangible outcomes more quickly. Um, so you you see young people are very vocal for causes that they believe in, um, and in South Africa we've seen over the past uh, five years the the hashtag must fall movements have really been very very vocal, very present in our mm. political space. Those have been led by young people. There's been a a huge resurgence of push for a a greater focus on young women uh, and the the experience of young women at universities, the rape culture on universities, etc. So you see young people participating actively in direct democracy, but you see, and this is again not uncommon to South Africa, Mm -hmm. uh, that they tend to stay away from the more formal processes of
0: democracy. Very interesting viewpoint. Let me bring in uh, Mr. Doe into the conversation. Uh, I think he's not not on the line yet. But let me bring that particular viewpoint back to you, Professor Maponya, because what Grant is highlighting is that young people are more interested in the more informal uh, political spaces that they can participate in. And does this mean that they're becoming maybe a little bit... uh, uh, not so inspired by uh, formalized or structured politics
1: you know I, I couldn't agree more with uh, you know with grant um, but therein lies the dilemma um, uh, Benjamin because now uh, if you look at the you know statistics of uh, uh, population statistics not only in South Africa but across the continent let's let's use the continent because we 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 live in this continent and mm. we, we crisscross, you know, the length and breadth of this continent, observing elections and looking at uh, you know voting patterns and how these youth specifically are behaving. And I agree with him. Uh, you know, there is a pattern uh, across uh, you know the the board. Uh, whereby now, uh, you, you know, you, the, the, the youth generally, you know, um, are said to be the, the, uh, uh, the, the generation of the future. That is obviously going to be running this continent once, uh, you know, some of us are long gone. So now the dilemma is exactly that, that now if they are not participating, you know, as, um, you know, uh, 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 intensely as we would, we, it would be expected, uh, you know, that they, they should do, then, you know, what kind of a future do we have um, that obviously, uh, in our view, will require participation in some form of, uh, you know, uh, uh, election or at least a way of, you know, running the country using, you know, participatory democracy as well as representative democracy, you know, the two um, uh, being uh, interlinked. On the one hand, um, uh, for me, the answer lies in the, political, the kind of political parties that we have. Sure. What kind of messages do they have for the youth? In fact, do they have messages? If I look at the current 48 uh, you know, political parties that are going to be contesting yeah. the uh, 2019 elections, uh, I've, the whole of last week, I was just trying to see whether, uh, you know, how many of them, just you know, doing an exercise, how many of them are you know, um, having uh, platforms that you know talk to the youth, you know, how many of got Twitter accounts, uh, you know, Twitter handles, how many of them are on Facebook, how many of them are using social media robustly, you know, to, to connect with you know this age group, you know, uh, and and there are very few. Apart from that, it's it also um, the promises. Some of these parties are promising, you know, social grants and maybe uh, uh, pensions and all those. Are these things actually appealing to the youth? And, and and by the way, the youth can see through some of these messages of these parties because they are. Uh, this is the generation that uh, we call it the the, the the thumb generation. They they um, um, are more in tune with uh, you know internet based. You know, mechanisms of mm. finding information for themselves. So they can, they might be sitting here in Pretoria or in Johannesburg anywhere, but they know exactly what is happening in the US, and in Japan, in Korea, and mm. all those things. They're unlike these parties, and they are able to see through the, the empty promises that one should say that some of these parties normally give. Mm. Because immediately after the election, they disappear. Mm. And so they, 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 they are not even able to deliver to, uh, you know, the direct democracy that that Grant was talking about mm. in terms of a job. Uh, if I vote today, will I be having a job after, you know, uh, maybe the 8th? The, the and and those are the, 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 the uh, issues that are discouraging factors for the youth, you know, to actually go out there in large numbers, you know, like the generation before 1994 who said, well, look, we have, have died before, for, you know, the vote. Our parents have died, our, you know... Yeah. Um, relatives have passed, have passed on and they were tortured just to be able to vote and therefore uh, for as long as I live I will be voting. Well, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether it's the governing party or the, yeah. the opposition but I will be voting. Yes.
0: Well I want to take a quick break and then I want to come back to that particular point around whether political parties do appeal uh, to young people because you do have political parties such as the EFF which is the Economic Freedom Fighters which They're fairly young. Traditionally, I mean, politicians in this country look older post-1994. I mean, just looking at the first uh, president of South Africa, he was Nelson Mandela, and he was an old man by the time that he was president. So we'll come back to that dynamic of, I mean, you do get younger uh, politicians coming up to the forefront. I mean, the Democratic Alliance has tried out Musi Maiman, who's fairly young compared uh, to uh, his... uh, biggest competitor with which is Cyril Ramaphosa but we'll touch on that when we come back after this break
4: Swiss chocolate wouldn't be Swiss chocolate
0: without African cocoa (laughs) you know it's funny when you think about it that way because you realize just how important Africa is to the global economy
2: and as long as we are deemed to be inferior by the community out there nothing's ever going to change I believe it's one of the uh,
0: ancient Greek philosophers who said that when we teach we'll learn twice hello Africa Welcome to 1000 African Voices on Channel Africa,
2: 1000 African Voices, every Saturday morning at 9am, with repeats on Sundays between 10 and 11, as well as on Monday morning between 3 and 4 Central African Time, 1000 African Voices, with me, Awurengwi C, on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance from an African Perspective.
0: Thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Remember, our platforms are on DSTV Channel uh, 802 on the audio bouquet. You can stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za you with me, Benjamin Mushatama? right here on African Dialogue, where from Monday to Thursday we host panel discussions where we look at the big subject matters on the African continent. Today we're continuing on our election series in South Africa. The elections will be just in a few days on the 8th of May and we're looking at the deficit in terms of the drop of how many young people will participate in this year's elections. There's a drop of new registrations of young people's drop by forty-seven percent uh, compared to the year two thousand and fourteen. But uh, before I bring in uh, Levin Doar who is I'm not sure if it's him who just dropped us there. But uh, let me come to you, Grant, in terms of that uh, uh, point of view. Okay, I think we've got uh, Levin Doh on the line there i'm not quite sure who we've dropped there but uh, levy are you there on the line
4: I am right here on the line.
0: Fantastic. Thank you for giving us your time. I'll come back to Grant. I think that's the guy we actually lost. I'm not quite sure. But, uh, Levy, in terms of that particular point that was made by Professor Galebocha and also Grant Masterson, was the fact that uh, young people are also preferring informal ways of participating in their own politics, whether it's in their own communities, whether it's in their universities, whether it's via uh, the online platforms. And they're not necessarily trusting uh, the political structures that we have in the country. But that contradicts what we see in terms of a trend in South Africa, where you're having younger and younger politicians. I mean, we can speak of what's happening in terms of the EFF in the DA. We've seen younger black politicians coming to the forefront. And uh, they're also uh, very interesting dynamic in terms of even the agenda that they're setting forward. It's supposed to appeal to young people. I don't know if land. Reformation is supposed to appeal to to younger people as an identity card. But what are your thoughts around why politicians are not really appealing to young people? Because I thought they should be.
4: Good morning to you, Benji, and good morning again to uh, the listeners. Uh, Good morning to my colleagues. There are a few things that I think we need to look at uh, as well. You know, Um, is to look. I think young people are also looking at the future. In politics, has politics as a career been able to to attract young people that they can end up saying, "I would love to to have my life or a career in politics"? Um, ever since the dawn of democracy, we have seen a lot of people who were politicians who, through party political processes, uh, they couldn't continue with their careers. And uh, these people are actually left in the cold and um, the political parties are actually not taking care of them. And uh, from uh, the heroes that, and heroines that we, they once seen as they are, they were, rather, uh, their life has actually changed to something else. So for me, there are a lot of young people who say Uh, It might be too early for me, uh, uh, besides voting, to get directly involved into politics and take politics as a profession. But another dynamic that we need to look at is uh, the level of connection between Mm -hmm. political parties and the electorate, in particular this time, we're looking at the youth. the ANC, the ANC as the ANC Youth League, and uh, if you look at the programmes of the ANC Youth League, they are very relevant in the book, and they deal with matters that are affecting the youth. But yet, as you look at the the operation and the practice uh, within the structures of the ANC Youth League, firstly, um, they are not that active. To address young issues on a regular basis and um, but another aspect is that the ANC youth league would be very much involved especially the leadership would be very much involved in the activities of the mother body and actually abandon the activities of the young people within uh, uh, which is part of their constituency and that would actually leave those that are just ordinary members of the party mm. to be left stranded not knowing exactly whether the ANC in the Youth League does communicate the correct message that they want to hear all the time. Mm. But another aspect as well will be um, the gap level in South Africa in terms of uh, how do we define the youth. Uh, if you still go back to uh, how we define a young person and say someone that is uh, um, uh, older, uh, only just below 35 years old. And when we have uh, that understanding, we're also not focusing on the um, life expectancy in South Africa because it means then that a young person becomes younger for a longer period of time, and immediately this person becomes an adult and immediately become aged. That is another element that we need to look at. But I think there are also um, other factors that would uh, influence young people not to be actively involved be that. The political programs and the way in which young people and South Africans in general understand and view politics is that they see politics as something periodical. They focus on politics only during elections And after elections, their focus would only be on um, uh, uh, leaving the politicians to deal with policy issues, to do service delivery, and then they meet with politicians towards elections. And that is informed by the fact that different political Mm. parties in South Africa Mm. would have different programs that do not necessarily
0: Mm.
4: involve uh, uh, all the people, and young people in Mm. particular, On a regular
0: basis. Okay, Grant, let me bring you in 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 that particular viewpoint because that gap is very strange for me. As I highlighted earlier on, that we are starting to see younger uh, politicians, but they don't seem to be sending the right messages to young people. What are your thoughts around that uh, gap, whether it's via messaging or whether it's it's via the, the politics trend that we've had historically in the country?
2: Um yeah, I mean it's it's a very interesting challenge that we have here. So part of the part of the issue is that you have young people who don't engage. But when when you actually have a look at elections over time, an interesting trend emerges, which is that young people who don't vote in their early twenties and in their mid twenties, by the time that they reach their thirties they they have actually become active voters. So something occurs in that period between the age of twenty and thirty that brings a large number of this cohort of young people once they're into their 30s uh, and certainly into their 40s, uh, that suddenly they become much more interested in voting for particular political parties. Uh, now there have been several theories that have been put forward as to why this may be uh, and and some of those theories include uh, sort of ownership of, of the economy itself. In other words, uh, young people feel very Uh, disconnected from the broader economy, from having a stake in our society, and therefore they can see themselves on the periphery and then they stay largely uninvolved in uh, electoral politics, whereas by the time maybe they're in their 30s, maybe they have a job, maybe they don't, but uh, they they have some some stake in the economy now, and therefore they become much more uh, aware of the practical effect of politics on their lives. So if you, if you look at, again, even at the cohorts that is in their 30s to 40s now, we're looking at about 70% in South Africa mm. have registered uh, from the voting age population. Now those young people 10 years ago were not registering to vote in the same way that we're talking about the young people today. Mm. So part of this is clearly something to do with that period of, of life and, and how young people view formal politics uh, from their perspective as stakeholders in the country's future.
0: Uh, and and that complicates my question, Grant, and the one that I wanted to do as a, a follow-up, because I wanted to ask you the, the fact whether, um, what does this have in terms of the repercussions of young people are not voting, but the fact that they are voting later just complicates my question, doesn't it?
2: Uh, it, it does. Um, look, as I said in the, in the beginning, when a, a particular cohort does not vote uh, within the election, that that particular viewpoint is absent from the ballot. Uh, now, you know, the absence of viewpoints from the ballot can lead to some very skewed results. But more importantly, the the elections are not just about the results themselves, but the message that voters are sending to politicians about the direction that they want the country to head in. And so a lot of people will sit down after an election, analyze the results, and draw consequences
0: from it. Okay, just hold on there, Grant. Okay, I think we've controlled the situation, but you can continue. I think we lost someone on the line there. But go ahead, Grant. Okay, sorry
2: about that. Um, So so you you have a situation where um, political parties will sit down after an election, analyze the results, and they will draw inferences as to what direction are the voters pushing parties' policies towards. So if a particular party uh, improves their performance, even if they're not necessarily going to win the election, other parties may draw conclusions about what the voters are sending as a message. So elections are not just about who wins and who loses, they're also an opportunity for voters to input their their uh, sort of direction into which direction they are pushing the country towards. Uh, and, and by Taking uh, themselves out of that conversation, young people's voices are not reflected in formal politics, and this has a vicious cycle because they're not reflected. Therefore, young people don't want to vote, and if young people don't vote, then their views are not reflected.
0: And I just want to take a quick break because, I, 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 uh, but before, before I take the quick break, I just want to set the tone for when we come back because. I'm looking at just the trends on the African continent in terms of what's happening in countries like Algeria, what's happening in Sudan. Also, when you look at the global dynamics, you can look at a country like Venezuela, where the people, young people are very kind of resistant to the formal structures that they've seen for year after year. And they've almost become pessimistic around those formal um politics and I just maybe I'm wondering if also this lack of interest in formal politics is a different form of protest uh, from a South African youth voter. Maybe we'll touch on that when we come back after this break.
3: Don't miss out the 3rd annual Africa Shared Value Summit taking place from the 23rd to the 24th of May 2019 in Nairobi, Kenya. Thought leaders and business changemakers from across Africa will share insights and case studies showing how shared value can transform your business and create the Africa we want. Book your ticket at africasharedvaluesummit.com today. Channel Africa is a proud partner of Africa Shared Value Summit and will broadcast live from the summit. Make sure you don't miss out on the broadcast on the 23rd and the 24th of May 2019. Log on to www.channelafrica.co.za or tune in to DSTV Channel 802 to be part of the conversation. Channel Africa, African Perspective.
0: 36 minutes past 11 o'clock Central African time. Thank you for joining us here on DSTV channel 802 on the audio bouquet. And if you're listening to us online, remember we're on www.channelafrica.co.za where you can stream us live. We still have Professor Kialebo Hamaponya, chairperson of the Department of Political Sciences at the University of South Africa, and Grant Masterson, who's a program manager of the Africa Peer Review Mechanism at the Electoral Institute for sustainable democracy Africa. And uh, we're trying to see if we can get back Doe, but I think we're struggling with that particular line. He was giving us his views. He's a lecturer at the Tony University of Technology at their political sciences department. Uh, professor, very interesting thoughts that are coming there from um, um, Grant, because he complicates such of the situation in terms of voters feeling isolated, young voters feeling isolated from the economy of the countries before they participate participate in it and they don't feel very close uh, to also the political environment in, in the country. But I'm also interested in terms of looking at uh, the geopolitics that we're seeing currently in the world in terms of what's happening in Algeria, what's happening in Sudan. We can highlight challenges of Venezuela where young people are now standing... Um, and protesting against some of the injustices they see in their own country. And I'm wondering if maybe we misplace by saying this is not a form of political participation. Maybe young people are saying we're withdrawing our vote and we don't want to register because this is a way of expressing our vote in terms of us not having confidence in this particular uh, uh, political process or political system in the country. Look,
1: I, I agree that um, there are possibly two um, ways of looking at this issue. Um, the lack of participation of certain cohorts of youth uh, in the uh, electoral processes of the country, registration, and, of course, voting, because even as we speak, the numbers that you were citing earlier, um, we are not so sure whether they are going to eventually do what we expect them to do eventually, to cast their vote. Because sometimes you find that the youths register, partly because of the fanfare from the IEC, you know, which we haven't talked about right now, because it also has a stake in ensuring that they they, they must register and they must vote. But also partly because of the the parties which are are canvassing them, campaigning, and urging them to go and register so on the one hand yes there there is a you know um, a type of youth out there in south africa maybe in in the rest of the continent which believes that uh, uh, you need to respect you know the uh, fact that after a country has achieved political independence Uh, It now has a head of state, it has a governing party, and it's got uh, multi-party politics, you know, thanks to the uh, winds of change in the 1990s when most of these African countries were, um, you know, opting for multi-party democracy. So then, therefore, you need to put your faith on, you know, the ballot box and uh, to go and vote and be a, a registered, you know, citizen every time uh, whenever a country, uh, ha, ha, you know, holds elections. So that, that's one, 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 you know, school of thought I would argue. However, uh, there's another one which believes, and many of them are found in this country, whereby virtually every week you'll probably find maybe more than 10, 15, 20, I don't know how many, mm. we have lost count now, of uh, public protests, you know, we call them service delivery protests. Yeah. You know, but they actually uh, they, are, they are far from civil society. I mean, uh, service delivery. Mm. Some of them are deep-seated political, you know, and other you know, grievances mm. against the system, against the political party that is governing, against the government, and so on mm. and so on. Mm. And then we, we we normally just lump them under service delivery projects, so, so. uh, you know, for want of a for better word. But the research has shown that there are uh, more that uh, that miss the eye in in, in these projects. So mm. so those those ones. I definitely believe that, you know, this vote is not going to get you anywhere. You can still go and vote. You may choose uh, to vote or not to vote, but you are not going to get anything. You need to, uh, you know, um, uh, use other mechanisms. You know, fees must fall. You must, you know, use force. You must uh, use the, you know, the, the 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 Arab Spring methods. You know that we saw in Egypt, in Algeria, and Tunisia, and so on, mm. and some of these other countries that you mentioned, because that's the only way uh, and the only language that uh, that uh, you know the politicians understand to to uh, bring about fundamental change. Mm. Uh, and to some extent, some political parties are buying into that. If you look at some of the methods used by, for instance, you know, just one party, the, the yeah. EFF, they 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 have become sort of masters at that. They yeah. use both strategies. They yeah. they used to go and vote, but they also ask them, you know, to occupy some space mm. of, of 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 land because they believe that uh, you know the municipality is not going to grant them, mm. you know, if they follow the their sure. formal channels. So there are those issues here.
0: Mm. Okay, let's let's wrap it up. Grant, what, what would your final sentiments be? Uh, Professor Galebo Khamapunya was highlighting the the fact that we haven't spoken around the IEC's function in order to promote and um, appeal to young people to vote. Have they failed this time around, or could more be done in reversing the cycle?
2: Look, I think that um, the IEC has a role to play in what we call civic and particularly voter education. That's certainly one of the roles that the Electoral Act uh, states the IEC should play but I think we need to be careful in making the IEC one of the only institutions who takes responsibility for our voter and our civic education. I actually think that there is a huge lack in South Africa's schools uh, in terms of democracy education. Sure. Uh, it, it, it occurs in our life skills classes, but it's, it's dealt with, Uh, in quite a superficial way, and there's a lot more uh, practical depth that needs to be explored, uh, not just by the I.C., not just by political parties. I think it needs to be a broader conversation within our society and that we need to look at it uh, more holistically, in particular with a focus on how we're educating our young people at schools, particularly secondary school level, uh, about the importance and the the facets of our democracy.
0: Mm. Professor Mapunya, your final sentiments? My final sentiments are that the
1: issues that the political parties uh, um, are trying to address whenever they you know, communicate with the youth, including their approach, approaches, are very limited and uh, they are not uh, you know, as far-reaching as uh, the, many of the youth would expect them to do. For instance, uh, if you look at the, the ANC's message, normally they talk about the so-called triple challenges of unemployment, poverty, and inequality. But if I'm a youth sitting here, you know, in Pretoria, in Johannesburg, unemployed, I'm thinking about crime which is affecting me which is, you know, this message is not addressing. I'm thinking about the the need for decolonized education. I'm also thinking about the need for data so that I can be able to serve the Internet and and, and be part of the fourth industrial revolution. So these issues that that, uh, these parties are um, are flagging out include not only just the ANC but the rest of them, the 48 and the 280 whatever, uh, you know, um, uh, parties that are currently registered with the IEC. In my view, I think they missed the point and the sooner they get to grips with what the youth Ones. They are not going to be able to, uh, you know, uh, crack it when it, uh, you know, comes to encourage them, uh, encouraging them to vote. Of course, uh, you know, there's a big debate out there. Like my colleague is mentioning, there's also not just political parties. There's the IEC, the civil society bodies, there's universities, there's schools. It's, it's much more. It's a societal thing that I think uh, you know we need to take uh, the, uh, the challenge and just address the issues not only at the election time but uh, throughout the electoral cycle, pre-election during the election uh, you know, day as well as uh, long after the election is gone.
0: Well, thank you, Jens, for giving us your time and your viewpoints. Uh, thank you for your participation once again here on Channel Africa. We really appreciate it.